could never play like a non, like this character is neutral. And like, I couldn't play an evil character because I feel really bad being mean, even if it's for d, &D. If I'd have named him Cuddle Puddle, then yes, there is a joke. <laughs> Wait, is it Cuddle Puddle is my tabaxi? Don't start with me. <laughs> Does that hurt and push on it? It hurts. It, it, it hurts even when you're not touching it. I'll just stare wistfully into the fire. What? It stares wistfully back. You are you are one with the book, and the book is one with you. Nothing to be worried about. Chapter two forty seven. The Kittens, Part 4, Burnt Spoon. Okay. So in the last episode, we had continued with the kittens in their quest to take uh, a spell book to Galchabar. And how did that day go? It went incredibly well. Downhill real fast. But then uphill again. The yep. bear had a good time, I think. Yeah. Well, Not at the end. You, you had a bear of a time, didn't you? Yeah, that yoga got a boo boo. Yeah, um, yeah. The you met up with a brown bear who was enticed by the smell of the food you were carrying, and tried to bluff you into uh, by charging you and, and trying to get you to uh, flee and leave it some nice yummy food. And instead, you stood up to it, and then that caused a fracas. And um, in a quick little one-two, uh, he the bear ended up leveling both Sunset and Nep. And then in a further complication, uh, how well did you roll there, Nep, on your death saving throws? I rolled uh, really, really poorly. Yes. Two bad really, ones. Really, really poorly. And one of them was a nat one and you expired. But luckily, um, you were just on the edge of the dryadium and a ranger came by and was able to cast Revivify and bring you back from the dead. Um and save, save your life. So I, I hope you'll uh, contribute to the Ranger Relief Fund later on and, in, in, you know, and uh, support them for supporting you. And he led you to a shack in the woods that uh, apparently the Rangers use as a way station and left you there and went back to see if he could find where snow went because you had uh, lost track of snow in, in the middle of all of this craziness. So hopefully snow is not uh, indisposed in any way and just maybe lost or taking a little longer to come back to you. And um, we'll go from there. But anyway, so there you are. You're in this shack. And like we said, it's um, basically just, you know, four walls and a roof. Although you notice that the, the thatch on the roof is in actually really good repair, which is nice because the uh, rain is beginning to come down and it's... Uh, keeping the keeping the weather out but you know it has no door it has no windows those are just wide open to the elements but you notice that the rest of the shack is you know well maintained and tidy you know it's been swept out there's no trash on the floor and um it's uh you know in you know so shows signs of being used on a regular basis there's a small pile pile of firewood that's piled next to the little stone hearth that's there and the stone hearth has uh you know it's recently been swept out but you can definitely see the signs of recent fires being burned there 
Um, and you know, you're, you're resting up trying to get your uh, strength back after nearly dying, or in the case of uh, Nep, nearly, nearly dying. And um, you're listening to the rain come down outside. So what, what are you going to do? It's, it's all evening now. I think we'll we'll rest here for the night and head out in the morning. Okay. Do, do you want to um, go and uh, start a fire in the fireplace? What do you want to do? I think it would be a good idea. I'll start a fire in the fireplace. I'll okay. get some wood from the wood pit. Okay. So, yeah, you throw in some of the firewood and uh, Sunset does her little prestidigitation, lights it up. It's kind of terribly convenient having a spellcaster that can do fire on a regular basis. And um, pretty soon you have a, a cheery fire going there. And, um, you know, with, the, with no doors or windows on this uh, shack, there's, you know, the the kind of cold clamminess of the fall, wintry uh, precipitation kind of creeps in on you. But the fire keeps it more or less at bay to the point where you're at least comfortable as long as you're wrapped up. And uh, there you are. So I'm assuming we're going to take uh, watches again. And uh, even though we're in, in the shack there. Mm -hmm. And um, what are you, who's who's going to do which watch? I'll go number I'll two. Do third. I'll do first. I'll do second. I already got second. Okay, then I'll do fourth. Woo. Okay. So first watch, give me a perception roll. I have rolled a nine. Okay. Not too bad, really. Think about it. But basically, I mean, you, you kind of go from door to window and window to door every once in a while just to check and see what's happening. And you kind of realize that um, the rain's coming pouring down at this point in time. And you, you know, you could you figure that an entire army could probably march right past the uh, shack and you probably wouldn't be able to hear it in this din. Uh, but you keep your eyes and ears open um, all the same. But, you know, you you, you are pretty much blinded by the uh, by the precipitation and, and uh, don't hear or see anything. And then uh, second watch, um, why don't you roll? 12. 12. 11. 11? 11. 11. 11. 12? 11. 11. 11. 11. Okay. And um, yeah, you were watching there, and, and you're not quite quite as distracted by the precipitation, but yeah, it's it's dark and it's wet and, it's, and the rain is making a lot of noise. So it's really kind of masking. I mean, you, you get the feeling there's probably some creatures out there in the dark you know, wild animals, but you can't really hear them too much. And, um, yeah, so you're walking back and forth. And, Drew, why don't you give me a perception roll of your own? Six. Okay. Eight. Really good. And um, so you are uh, going by there, and all of a sudden the distance you spot a light in the darkness. And you realize that there's some sort of structure out there. You almost blunder into it. I mean, you basically come to the edge of the uh, this clearing, and then there's a shack, and it's got a light on. And, you, and you've been wandering for some time um, trying to find, you know, some friendly face here. Uh, and actually, why don't you tell us who you are? Uh, well, if anybody could see him right now. Do you see a very uh, skinny, like alley cat skinny, underfed um, type of tabaxi? He uh, doesn't have any one color. He's a motley arrangement of oranges and browns and whites and whatnot. He has uh, one green eye and one blue. And 
cannot seem to sit still. There's always something going on. Either he's twitching or his uh, head moves at, at, on unexpected movements. Um, in his hands, quietly, he's uh, got like this weird sort of a cross between a sphere and a cube that he keeps moving little parts on it constantly. Um, he's staring at this shack with the light on uh, in relief, hoping that there's somebody friendly inside because he's cold and it's wet. Yeah, you are you are sodden down. Yes. I mean, you, you look like the proverbial cat that just got a bath, basically, um, yeah. Uh, currently, he is shoeless, preferring to walk in his natural uh, form, but he has a uh, uh, dark trousers um, and an equally dark uh, tunic on, over which is a very long coat that only has buttons that go from the top down about two-thirds of the way, leaving the uh, open area in front for him to be able to move quickly if necessary. And he carries a very large sack. Um, anybody in the military knows what the big duffel bags duffel are. Bags yeah, are. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to that, but it seems like somebody's taken some liberties with it somehow or some way mm-hmm. um he has it strapped to his back and he's just kind of you know hair is matted down he might actually be considered attractive if it wasn't for the fact that the water wasn't the only thing keeping his fur matted ah, okay um well at least he got his weekly bath here i guess that's a good thing mm. um anyways what is his name uh it's unfortunately the pervading smell that gave him his name as he always seems to have um the scent of sulfur or other chemicals wafting off of him or maybe and uh because of this and his uh cleaner parts that do have sort of a gray sheen to them they have given him the title of burnt spoon okay very good i'm burnt spoon burnt spoon nice (laughs) okay and um so burnt um or do you want to be called spoon it's all bs to me okay and um, he, uh, why don't you roll for us? All right, that was legit. That was legit. Legit. And why don't you roll? For, or, or, well, how are you going to approach this shack? Are you going to sneak up, or are you just going to walk up and, in, 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 you know, announce uh, your presence? What are you going to do? Feeling as though sneaking up probably be a bad idea. He's just going to hitch up his straps and just walk up and tap rapidly, really quickly, lightly on the door. Okay, well, there is no door, but anyways, oh, roll on roll, the door roll frame. For, why don't you roll for me basically a stealth roll with uh, disadvantage? That'd be a one. <laughs> okay. So for three. So uh, despite your fair to Midland um, perception Five. rating um, there, uh, truck, you do see a silhouette, a dark silhouette, um, break free from the edge of the clearing and start coming towards the shack there. And why don't you roll for me a perception, this time with advantage. Ooh. 22. Okay, and you realize that it's a tabaxi coming at you. And you you um, are a little bit uh, apprehensive. as like, what would a tabaxi be doing out here? And then you realize it, it's your friend Burnt Spoon. And he was also a part of your group that left there. So s- somehow... You all got separated when the undead attacked, and he made his way all the way over here, um, perhaps you know, knowing that you had to go this direction anyways, and somehow has blundered into this clearing where your shack is. Spoon? Truck? Chuck? Truck? Hey. Hi. Hi. Hey. Kind of the very awkwardly reasonable with, with Paul. Okay. Hi. It didn't land. What are you doing out here? 
the the following following you understandable uh cold cold or cold and wet we have fire and dry yes, yes. and he just walks right by her inside okay and you you kind of um stomp into the room um that probably I don't know. Are you going to be quiet or are you just going to stomp into the room? Oh, he's not quiet at all. Okay, so yeah, that just kind of wakes everybody up, and you guys all wake up to find that um, Burnt Spoon is uh, standing there, basically sopping wet, dripping all over the floor, and goes over the fire and starts trying to dry himself out. It, it, uh-huh. it, it's very weird as you watch him do so. He kind of reaches into his pack. He quickly sheds the pack and reaches into it. He pulls out like this weird long stick that's got some segmented areas and. He whips it around, suddenly it becomes like a triangular thing with a squared off hook, which he puts on the fireplace and then hangs his jacket off. As he's doing that, he unzips the jacket and he pulls out an inner lining that looks like interlocking scales. And he kind of shakes that out and puts it off next to as well. So, I, I, I I shake awake and I can just say, I'm like, what's that smell? I'm not waking up at all. What is that smell? Heavy paleotas and stuff so far. It's something burnt, and and it's you realize the smell is very familiar to as as burnt spoon, uh, one of your companions there at the Tabaxi Treehouse before you left. Like ah, uh, that's why they let you sleep outside the treehouse. No, no, no. Believe no. it or not, I killed a bear. Why? Because it attacked us and killed Nep, and now Nep's alive. He looks pretty good. I said he was alive. Actually, what she said just made absolutely no sense to you, but yeah. Because that absolutely Truck made no sense care. to me either. <laughs> Truck, okay. Um, even though he's trying to warm up that weird circular slash square shape that suddenly locks into one actual sort of position where it looks like it's a square with a circle sitting inside of it with the rounded edges coming off. And he kind of sits there and looks at it, almost got like he's about to freak out. And then he reaches on top and pushes a button and the whole thing will just sort of explode randomly. And then there's just this jumbled mess of shapes and whatnot. And it begins to play with it yet again. And it's just burnt spoon doing burnt spoon things, unfortunately. Yes. Um, yeah, you, you guys are too, you're familiar with this kind of zaniness. He's always doing things like this. Um, but actually, it's kind of neat to see because, you know, you were hoping it might be snow, but... Um, at least it's another group part of your group that got separated. Uh, you know, back when, you know, you were given the book and just told to flee. Right. So Spoon, you didn't see snow anywhere by chance. No, j- just rain. Mm. <laughs> I don't mm. know. Who's rain? <laughs> I like birds. That's spoon. good. Points outside the door. It's uh, rain. Not, so- not- not not rainy night, your teacher. Yeah. Are there like, I kind of look at uh, Burn. I'm gonna fumble in my explorer's pack. Maybe I have a bunch of like matchsticks or something. I just want to like, or a handful of rice or something, and I'm gonna throw it down in front of them and see what happens. <laughs> I'm like, that, that how many are these, Spoon? A lot, and that works better in a pot of boiling water. Uh, just, just checking. And no, he does not get his underwear at Kmart, and nor is Wapner on at five. Yeah. 
But it's you, just rain, man, not snow. I, I know. I told you it was rain. Man. Not snow. Not snow. But you might want to take him to visit a casino sometime. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, you're all standing there. Um, it's about midnight at this point in time when you wandered in. Um, you're, you're beginning to dry off a little bit in the fire. He's steaming a little bit and, and smelling a little more than normal. Um, although the, the rain seems to have washed some of the strange smelliness off of him. So it, it's, uh, it's not as pungent as usual. And, um, yeah, there you are. With his jacket off um, and as he's drying out on his right arm, you sort of see the like a interesting little copper and metal silver steel filigree that seems to circular around his whole wrist and go up to about just shy of his uh, elbow. So we got one of the magnetic bracers off of the home shopping network. No, it it just it actually looks really nice. It's oh. it's almost like a like vines. Okay, but he did it. I mean, he seems to have made it out of pieces and odds and ends of metal. But it looks mm-hmm. really pretty nice. nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, now, one thing occurs to you, Sunset. You know, your dad just shoved the book into your hands and told you to flee. And you haven't heard hide nor hair of any of the adults, and especially not your, your own father. Um, and you can only assume the worst has happened. And, you know, Burnt, at least, uh, was in the same group. And it occurs to you he might have seen more of what went on. Um. I, I've definitely been awake this whole time, um, so I will kind of plod on over to where Bert is, um, holding the book tightly, as usual. Have you... Did you happen to see my father? Recently? Me? Yeah, any time between... The last time we saw you and you being here. And unfortunately, Burnt, your experience with the undead attack was basically you woke up, there was chaos going on and people running every which way. And you just basically took off running um, and you had time to talk to quickly an adult. And he mentioned that some of the kittens had been given a book to deliver to Galchabar over in Civitas Cataracta. And then that was it. You, you didn't see any other adults and you just took off running into the night and you've been looking for them ever since. No, your father, um, I did not see him. He, he, he wasn't there when I, I, I ran after you all. Mm. Might have been, uh, might have been fighting. I'll just stare wistfully into the fire. Well, well it stares wistfully back. Is that the? Is that the book? Book. Yes. It tells us the right answers to everything. Uh, how? I don't know magic. Because it talks to me. Because I'm important. And it also knocks her out. Because I'm important. Books don't talk. This one does. No. You know, and I say sunset, if I may, and then I and I and I take the book and I say. 
here, Spoon. Take a look at it. Here's the book. He'll take a couple uh, a step back quickly. I'll set it down in front of him. I'm curious. Thank, thank you. Um, he'll dive into his bag. And a minute later, he comes up with um, a very odd-looking contraption. Um, and you remember that spoon is always carrying around these odd contraptions everywhere he went. But this looks really, this looks really weird. This literally, to put it in very simpler terms, kind of looks like somebody cut one of those green monsters from Minecraft in half, mm. but left the tentacles on, mm. and he just puts it on the box. And as soon as he does, uh, the top opens up, and a little screen pops up, and he says, um, uh, st- Step, uh, and he just kind of waves you guys back a few steps. I would take one large step backwards. I will not. Um, with that, he kind of looks over and mumbles under his breath, and he puts a hand on each side of the box and he just pushes real quick and he steps back. and Identify will be catch, cast on the book, and it explodes. Okay, and um. Your screen basically comes up with a bunch of characters that you identify as being a, you know, you realize that this is a mage's spell book. And by the thickness and the ancient uh, cover of it, you kind of realize this is maybe an artifact of the old kingdom. And it's from a mage of immense power because who else could possibly uh, accumulate this many spells? Anything else about it in, from an, for the identify spell? Um, not really, because obviously Identify just tells you what school it's from. and It, it's, it tells it's, you the information about it, though. Yeah, but t- this is from all different schools of magic. So there's there's everything so, from... Uh, so different lights will come on the screen, but yeah. he's associated with necromancy. Yeah, the necromancy, okay. illusion, um, conjuration, abjuration, all of them. You, you, you shouldn't be re- re- reading this. Don't tell me what to do. You, sh- you, you shouldn't even be... T- touching this what, what I was it? entrusted to carry it, it so I will until we get to Galshabar. Um as he does this he picks up the box which still has the tentacles around the book and sets the whole thing in his bag oh. no sunset what what is it what is it it's a very powerful and evil book that's what that ranger said as well it it has the uh, ability to make you very powerful eventually but it's bad now fine but it's still talking to me. So we should probably still listen to my directions. How, 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 how is it talking to, to you? Because it was given to me. I, I, I know. How does it talk to you? Through magic. Uh, no, no, Sunset. How? I, I'm talking and you're hear, hearing 
how uh, does it talk to you? I wouldn't expect a fake mage to understand. Oh, wow, this got serious really quick. Oh, boy, it's raining outside. Oh, <laughs> wow. Burnt does look really sad for a moment. It's like, I, 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 I know. Oh, boy, I'm getting really I'm tired. You, but you should trust this thing. And he'll just seal up his bag and walk away with his bag. Yeah, she's she's just, just, just near the fire. The book mattered, made her pass out for like six hours. This is why I could never play like a non, like this character is neutral. And like, I couldn't play an evil character because I feel really bad being mean, even if it's for d, &D. <laughs> Yeah, okay. all I did was try to loot the dead. You're being mean to Spoon. <laughs> I Spoon, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, everybody loves Spoon. This I mean, might be the just, first character I ever created that Jesse instantly fell in love with. <laughs> no, I, I adore Spoon. This is like my favorite character that we've ever had so far. I, I this got, is great. I, I do have to say I'm completely disappointed in how Drew is playing Spoon because if I was doing it and people said Spoon, I would say, yes, I'd love to. And just make that a running joke the entire time. If he wasn't a child, probably. <laughs> but you said this is a child. Well, no, right? you, you guys are out of kitten garden. How so, old? But how old? Spooning is not inherently philandering. No, if he's yeah, so, if so, I so you guys are basically sort of just kind of teenagerish. If I'd have named him Cuddle Puddle, then yes, there's a joke. <laughs> Wait, a Cuddle Puddle is my Tabaxi. Don't start with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to the story. Um, so yes. Um, so uh, Spoon goes over into the corner and kind of plops himself down to uh, to steam off. Um, and the rest of you are all sitting there. Um, are you going to back to bed? Are you going to stay up in the night and talk to him? Um, have, you know, is, is your is your night's sleep ruined and you're going to get one level of exhaustion and you're just going to stay up all night? What, what are we going to do? I'm going to continue my um, watch. It, my watch didn't happen yet, right? Was that right, up this, to third this watch? Was, this is watch two that this hell happened on. Well, I, I'm going to go back to sleep. Okay. Um, so you, you all go back to sleep there. And... Uh, you know what? I'll stay up and chat with Spoon. Okay. And um, please Spoon... don't. Those of us who want to sleep want to sleep. Yes. D d does uh, does Neps uh, please fall upon your ears there, Claw? Or are you gonna chat with um, with uh, Spoon there? I'll I'll chat. Okay. We'll... I'll chat. Is it your watch? Spoon... No, my watch is over, but. But it was Nep's watch, and Nep died, so obviously needs to focus on becoming stronger. His watch is uh, next. Yeah. Is is Nip still hurt? And I don't think so. Yeah, everyone seems to be in, in hail shape. But Spoon, you are exhausted because you've been wandering around sopping wet um, past midnight. So he'll pull a metal. There's a metal tab on top of the bag that he pulls up through, and after folding it in, and he pulls out a small lock and locks his bag, mm -hmm. and then puts the key inside of his shirt. And are, are you going to settle down, or are you going to mm -hmm. actually... I'm gonna, I'll settle down, just kind of lean back against the back to okay. begin to relax. And yeah, Spoon doesn't seem to be in any any mood to talk at this point in time, and you can see he's just absolutely ragged out at this point, uh, Claw. Um, even as All right, it, even well, as then I'll, just... I'll wake up whoever's turn it is to no, be awake. No, I, I still have my watch to finish. Yeah. Well, it's pretty well, much your watch. So. Whoever's it, it, turn it is, I, I, I kind of nudge with my foot. We're all awake. We were just talking. Uh, well, you. Some people went back to sleep. Yes. 
and presumably the person who was on watch did not go back to sleep. Correct. Um, the one thing all you do to realize as he falls asleep is that it, sporadically parts of his body just starts moving or jumping. Just sporadically. Makes sense. And that spoon for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Nep, you're awake. It's your watch. Are you going to uh, relieve uh, Truck and, and uh, go on watch? Yeah. Okay. And then Claw, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to sleep begrudgingly at this point? Yeah, begrudgingly. Okay. I mean, if Spoon's going to go to sleep, Nep is kind of boring, so I'll go back to sleep. He's very serene, but yes. Okay, so um, you're only one awake now, Nep, um, and why don't you roll for me your perception check? That is a 16. Okay, and yeah, you're able to penetrate the uh, precipitation a little better, but um, whether it's the rain kind of keeping everything close or what, there, there really isn't anything that happens on your watch at all, not even, not even wildlife come by. And then finally, it's time for uh, watch number four. Who had watch four? That, was so that would be a whopping 10 on perception. Oh. Good round number. So, um, yeah, you, you're not as quite as uh, successful as, as, as Nep. And, yeah, you don't really see anything in there except the uh, rain does end about uh, midway through your watch. And um, there's enough breaks in the clouds that you, you uh, get the feeling that maybe there's some, some sort of a sunrise going on. But this deep in the forest, it's still just kind of black out. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting that the day, daylight here in the forest is just makes the gloom less. It doesn't actually make it brighter, but you get the feeling that, yeah, the sun is out somewhere and, uh, you need to get your folks up and moving and on the road. The book says it's time to leave. Oh, you don't have the book. Gotta do what you gotta do. Still says it because I say it. I don't know if I want to trust the book, but I, I do agree we need to leave. Hills? Yeah. I'm like, hey, has anyone noticed that Sunset's getting a little bit more uh, Sunset over this book? Yeah, maybe. But, like, I'm sure we'll be fine. Uh, um, uh, we'll see. I'll unlock my bag and pull out a very odd leather sort of cap mm-hmm. that has several pieces of metal flipped up they have little circular glasses on it on each one little circle mm-hmm. it'll play around with it a little bit and it's, it takes about 10 minutes but when he's done he has it he has a, a series of these lenses over his eyes and he'll just turn and look at um sunset and have used ritually detect magic okay and she detects magical as usual being being a magic user herself is there any of the magic that looks like nothing the book on her it looks nothing different than she normally looks okay he'll nod yeah, you, you've seen her many many times through your through your lenses and she looks the same as ever no no real changes yeah just nod to myself take the cap off secure all the lenses and put it back in sounds good okay and um you're gonna take out then at this point where I'm already walking. To the hills. Where are we go- going? Well, to the hills. It seems like everybody's already heading out on the path there. So um, how are you going to go at this point in time? You're still in the Drydam Silvarum about halfway through. And you're actually not all that far from the roadway. The, the ranger um, took you you know, fairly close to the roadway before he veered off to the shack. So you know that slightly to your north is, well, the remains of the high road. Um you, you know that the high road, as it goes by the Tabaxi treehouse on the other side of the Mare, 
is you know slowly being reclaimed by nature um you know whole swaths of the pavement are either missing or buried um, and it seems like it's the same here you know you'll you'll see the road for 100 yards and then it'll disappear for 20 and then it'll be there for 50 and then it'll be there for a quarter mile and then it's gone for you know a uh, another couple hundred yards and then you find it again um so um you are away from the roadway now. You can go back to the roadway or you can just kind of wander into the, the dense woodland that you're on. Um, just depends on what you want to do. Is it possible to skate to follow the road by skating th- the outside edges of the woods? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, you could just kind of keep it on your left there as you're going along and, and kind of so keep... So we could duck inside in case something came up? Yeah, it basically kind of keep touch with the road if you wanted to yeah yeah let's do that but uh, that's what i think we should do great idea what do you say sunset yes okay so why doesn't everybody roll for me survival 13 17 12 17 10 okay so um you guys are going along and claw um truck and and uh burnt you're pretty sure that sunset's veering deeper into the woods away from the road i mean obviously you're not like visually in contact with it because it's it's so destroyed at this point in time or damaged that but you're pretty sure that she's veering deeper into the woods i'll just like put my hand on her head and like turn it to walk the other direction. So sunset truck just kind of puts her hand on your head and turns you a little more to the left. What are you going to do? The book says to go more this way mm-hmm. and like the way that she turned me to. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think we should trust the book. Hey, well, it's the right direction. But, wait, I'm, I'm confused. So she corrected once she was corrected. She went the direction that truck had pushed her and said the book needs to go tells me to go oh, this way okay never mind but i also think we shouldn't trust the book yeah, it's, yeah, it's so this happens regularly that the book somehow comes to the same decision we did but after we did i, it's I a lot of the time it just shows how wise you are and how in tune with the book that you are yeah. there, you are you are one with the book and the book is one with you nothing to be worried about Okay, um, so you continue on there, and yeah, as, as the day goes on, about um, two-thirds of the way through the day, um, you lost a, a good deal of time because of your little fracas with the bear and, and the, uh, the preceding things that happened. About two-thirds of the way through the day, you uh, emerge on the other side of the dryadum. The, the trees start to dwindle a little bit in their density. And then pretty soon you realize there's like little gaps in the leaf foliage above you. And you can actually see little lanes through the trees are not quite so close. And then pretty soon you realize that, yeah, you're, you're actually able to kind of see there's actually like a horizon in the distance as you can see through the trees. And, and then, like I said, about two thirds a day, you know, it's about four in the afternoon. You uh, come out the other side and it's just the oak woodland that you're used to. And sure enough, there's the, there's the roadway on your left. You're able to kind of parallel it pretty good. And it's intact at this point. 
But that also kind of makes sense because you realize that you are into the human and the half-elven settled lands, the foothills there that lead between Dryadium and Civitas Cataracta. And so at this point in time, um, are you going to continue to parallel the road closely because the cover becomes a lot less um, sure at this point in time? Or are you going to go further up into the hills? You can still keep an eye on the roadway. Cause it'll be you know down there in the distance, but uh, you'll be more on, on the uh, the covered area of the forest. Sorry, I, was, I think I might have lost, got lost again. I'm sorry. We should go up to the hill, up yeah, the hill, is it's away from the road. Okay, I'll go with what Chuck says. And assuredly, the book agrees. Let's go. Okay, so you're going to head up in the hills a ways there? Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. And you guys are kind of trucking up there, and it's right about trucking dusk. And you are uh, maybe even thinking about, hey, it's time to to, uh, to go and settle for the night. Ooh, we can't see town yet. And you think um, you think that probably midday, the day after tomorrow, you'll be at Civitas Cataracta. You have basically one day of trekking in the wilderness here, and then it'll be things will be a little bit more treacherous because you'll be looking at getting close to the settled lands around Civitas Cataracta. You would bet none of you have been here, but. Just, you know, taking a look at the maps back in the Tabaxi Treehouse and things like that. That's your assumption. And, uh, yeah, so you've got probably a, a good full day, and that'll put you above the settled lands. And then you can go and try to, you know, have, by midday the next day, you, you'll be looking at being at Savitas Cataracta, and then maybe the hard part of this thing will actually start. And so um, you're going along there, and then everybody roll for me Perception. That was interesting. Um, So, yeah, Claw, your um, fighting prowess, your fighting uh, instincts, and then um, Truck, your time in the wilderness in in the barbarian highlands, um, just have your spidey sense go tingly tingly. And you realize you hear just the tiniest little crack of maybe some grass or a stick being stepped on and it's coming from a thicket just slightly to your right but you know especially claw you just get this danger sense that there's something over there so you know whoever is like walking next to me you know i put my arm out like to kind of still them you know i'll do i'll do the gesture like you know point to the, say, I heard point to the ear and point over to the thickets. I'll pull out my sword and motion for everyone to stop as well. Okay. And my sword is always in my hand, so. Very good. And um, as if in response to your being wary, perhaps realizing that their uh, cover is blown, a pair of wolves emerges from the thicket kind of growling low and it's interesting one of the wolves is big uh you know regular wolf size and and if you've ever been around a wolf they make regular dogs look teeny in comparison they're they're pretty pretty sizable beasts but the one next to it is just enormous in wolf terms i mean it's got to be four or five feet at the shoulder this thing's huge 
and they um, apparently are meaning business. And they, one, they start to, uh, as a pair, kind of they're kind of crabbing around, maybe trying to see if they can uh, get you in a disadvantaged position. And everybody, roll for me, initiative. Ooh, truck. Ooh, twenty-two. Okay. Thirteen. Ten. Eleven. And Nep. Twenty-three. Ah, okay. Darn it. I rolled a natural twenty. Okay, so um, Nep, you get to go first. There, they these wolves are uh, basically circling, looking for a uh, weak opening to to uh, apparently pounce on you. What are you gonna do? Is there a difference I can see between them? Well, one's, one's big, huge, one's and the other one's just a big old dog. All right, I will go for the, or I'll go around, try to flank the smaller one on the side away from the bigger one and go after the smaller one. Okay. So you leap forward at the smaller one, try to stay on the, uh, the not big dog side of things. And what do you do? First, I hit it. First attack is maybe not an 11. No, it's uh, a lot more nibble than that. It just kind of jumps sideways and in your blow just hits the ground. Second attack is an eight. This no. is not my episode. No, it is. Well, not isn't. my session, I guess. Yeah, it just uh, kind of, kind of, uh, once again, dances sideways, and it's it's a lot uh, more nimble than its size would suggest. Okay, and truck. You've seen these large wolves before. What are you gonna do? Uh, my ears are gonna go back, and my eyes are gonna uh, dilate, uh, and uh, I'm gonna go into a rage. And then I'm going to attack the bigger wolf, going head on. Okay, just charge at the bigger wolf. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, I don't think that's going to hit. Uh, that's a 14. A 14? Yes. Hits. Ooh. Exactly. It's just a big old wolf. Oh my goodness. That's 16 points of damage. Ooh. So yeah, you, you hit it pretty soundly. And that is my turn. It did not appreciate that in any way, shape, or form. And unfortunately, it gets to go next. And so it goes and attempts to bite at you. Oh, my goodness. So that uh, terrible, terrible, terrible roll. So you you must have set it aside a little bit. It only gets an 8 to hit you, which I'm 100% sure doesn't hit you. Nope. Okay. And then Sunset, you get to go. Um, is there a place that I can line myself up where I can get more than one wolf with burning hands, 15-foot cone? Um, unfortunately, since your friends are now engaged with them on two different sides, you're going to hit at least one of them doing that. Um, you have okay, to run around that, all then. the way around behind them somehow. Well, uh, she does have 60 feet of movement <laughs> if she sprints. I mean, can I? That, I you do have, have I do have the feline agility. Thing. Yeah, so yeah, if you run sixty feet, you could probably get behind him by because you only have fifteen feet for the cone, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, how many would I be hitting? So you can get the both of them from behind if you can run and burning hands in the same turn. Sweet, and I can because I believe the feline agility—that's a bonus action. It's just a thing i think I mean, yeah, oh yeah, but you sacrifice your move the next turn yeah. right yep. like yeah. you can't move the next turn okay it, it, so you can um, move you just don't get it you back. can move you just won't get it back to you take no movement for a turn 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Um, then yes, I need a deck save from both of those critters. Okay, please. so you basically just bolt like a scared cat around behind him, tumble up to uh, a uh, you know halt, and then just flame them both. And the big one gets a nat twenty, so that's gonna definitely do it. And the smaller one gets a fifteen, so they they are pretty nimble creatures. Yeah, they both save. Okay. So they were apparently able to track you as you're um, doing that. But they do each take six points of fire damage. Ouch. So that seems to sear the one in front of you, Nep, pretty good. And doesn't do any uh, any bad things or any good things for the uh, one in front of you there, uh, claw, or, uh, truck. And speaking of claw, we get to go to BS next. Um. So they're, they're not looking like bad yet, right? They're just hurt. Um, actually, the wolf, the, the smaller wolf that got flamed, you know, it yelps in pain and, and looks like it's in serious discomfort. So it looks it looks bad. And even the big one uh, between the huge slash that it got from truck and the flaming uh, lo- looks like it's, you know, it's hail, but it's it's pretty badly damaged. OK, um, I will move away from truck and position myself within 30 feet of uh, sunset, but still within range of the bigger one. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe you're on the, the other side, about like from 20, everybody? yeah, like 20 feet. Just so I'm not in, in just a little one can't really see me, but the big one mm-hmm. may. Um, so move around the left side. We're on the, the bigger one side, right? He'll kind of put his pack to the ground and then his arm will fly backward, the right one. And then as he swings forward, all those little silver pieces that make up that pretty piece of metal jewelry will fly forward and I'll thorn whip the bigger one. Okay. It comes together like a long whip with the leaves actually being like jagged edges coming off of it. Nice. Uh, uh, 22. That definitely hits. Just make sure I know how much damage it did. Uh, six points of piercing damage. Okay. And then the magic within the whip will start pulling the creature ten feet away from the barbarian. So, and more importantly, sunset. Ten, ten feet towards you then. Yes. Okay. So all of a sudden, your uh, your wolf prey there um, truck gets pulled in in the direction of uh. burnt. And then I'll release it and. Okay. The, the bracelet will come back up in my arm. Very good. And then um. The smaller wolf, um, not really noticing what's happening with the bigger one, goes and tries to make a bite at you there, Nep. And gets a 24 to hit. 23. 23 to hit. Yeah, I think that hits. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to change your name to Chew Toy. Yes. And just barely gets you. Only does 22 points of damage. Just kidding. Only does... Um, five points of damage as he bites you. Ow. And Nip is his usual taciturn self. Very good. And finally, Claw. So I will curse the large one. Curse you. And you kind of just see some like smoky moats just kind of sink into its fur. And then I will approach it and take a two-handed swing with my longsword against its furry hide. Okay. Is a 24 hit? It does, as one might expect. Okay. So this is going to be... Uh, 
10 points of slashing damage. Okay. And that just basically brings it low. You just see him stab into the side of the, the beast and it staggers forward a couple of steps and just collapses. The smaller or bigger? The big one. Okay. So the one that, one on the end of your whip there. And then we go to the top of the round and Nep, you are just got bit by this thing. What are you going to do? I'm going to retaliate. First attack. No, he's going to attempt to retaliate. He's an 11. No, I'm going to retaliate, but it might yes. not be effective. And an 11 does not hit it. It's still, uh, you know, we're going to call you dances ineffectively with wolves. <laughs> Second attack is an 18. Okay, he finally hits. Yay. Yay. That's five points of damage. And the crowd goes okay, wild. Okay, and you are able, what, what was the attack that you used to hit it? That was my offhand slash with my claws. With your claws? Okay. And you just see um, Nep just kind of rake down and just catch the jugular on this uh, wolf. And it it uh, it doesn't even react. It just, you know, the eyes roll up in his head and it down it goes. And you've got two, one absolutely huge dead wolves in front of you. Um, I'll reshoulder my pack and walk over to where Nip is and... Look at the bite mark that's on what part of his body? You just got to write it right into the shoulder. And try to find which one is like the deepest bite. Mm -hmm. Kind of touch and like, does that hurt? And push on it. It hurts. It, it, it hurts even when you're not touching it. And what he's not saying is I'm doing is I'm reaching to my pack and there's a little pouch and I kind of pop it open. I pull out, which it looks like a very long porcupine quill that's been sharpened. And I'll look at him and say, Sorry, and I'll jam it in right there and then slap the side of the bag and cast Cure Wounds. <laughs> uh, you'll get 10 points of healing. Thank you. And I'll pull the Maybe. porcupine quill back out. <laughs> and, and that's the most painful, uh, best feeling you've ever felt in your life. And three points of rage and anger. You know? <laughs> He's a far cry healer. Just like put yeah. a stick in, pull the bullet out, and you heal. Did, did, did it work? Yes, it, it worked. Are you? And I just look. I'm you, like, you had to ask. Are you seeing anything? I'm seeing you, the dead wolves, the whole rest of the party. Do you f feel bad at all? I mean, they yes, but in us. different ways. Okay, reach into my pocket, pull out a little book, flip onto a random page with a pencil. It's there and said, finally worked. <laughs> close the book and put it back in my pocket and say thank you and walk away wolf meat for dinner well you know it's everyone's job to uh, support science and, and experimentation you know and, and anybody else hurt hurt I wish and getting bite on me yeah you, you do notice that no one else really got bit by these creatures so Good, good, good. Okay. And uh, the dust settles on that, um, and uh, you're, you're left puzzled once again by your, your friend Spoon, who does weird things. And you begin to uh, look out, and you realize you still have quite a ways to go, um, but at least you're that much closer, which is kind of nice. Okay. So um, you have, like I said, basically an entire day of wandering here in the hills, keeping an eye below on you uh, where the road is uh, till you get close to town. And 
Um, you start taking off. Um, does anybody need to do anything before you start wandering again? I'm going to take some of the teeth from the wolf and add them to my uh, trophy. Collection. Okay, and, and the ones from the larger one, which you recognize as a dire wolf, are pretty impressive. Can I have s- s- some? I'll take like a back molar. M- m- more? Take the other back mor- molar. Can looks at him like sh- sharper. Take, <sighs> and I'll give you one of the canines. Thank you. And I'll walk off. Start start drilling a hole in it to try to string it to my. Well, you can probably do that later I'll, on I'll today. I'll tie a tie yeah. the string around it and add it to my collection. Okay, good. And it's still kind of got a little bit of the root, and it's a little bloody, but uh, yeah. Perfect. And you take off, and so uh, you'll not have any trouble following the road this time. The trouble is, is that you want to keep yourselves hidden. So I need a stealth roll from everybody in the party. Ooh. 22. 21. 24. 14. Okay, so yeah, you you guys are all kind of... Um, sneaking from place to place to place and you turn around and realize that Spoon is just kind of sauntering along as if you know there's nothing to be uh, hidden from and you realize he's not not at all hiding as you're going along there. What are you going to do? Spoon. Spoon. What? We're supposed to be hiding. We don't want to be seen. Why didn't someone say so? Well I mean we kind of like disappeared from view you know trying to get to the brush. You do that all the t- t- time at home. Because I don't want to be seen. He does have a seen. point. You, you do that all the time back at the treehouse. So. Now walk back over with him, kind of just down there. Okay. okay. Hiding. So roll for me stealth with advantage this time now that Spoon is... is uh, uh, not you, just Spoon. You oh, know. just Spoon. Yeah, now that you've got the idea. <laughs> Thirteen. Okay, so um, it's pretty clumsy, uh, but he at least se- it seems to be making He's an trying. attempt at this point in time. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you're just kind of you, you know you you all look back and truck basically has her paw over her forehead and you know kind of breathing deeply. You know, trying to trying to you know keep the uh, the rage under control. But uh, I'll, I'll pull the hood over his head from his cloak. Yeah. He starts pulling it back off. <gasps> no. What? 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 Put the Put the hood on. Why? Okay, Spoon, do you have anything to, like, maybe hide that big old pack of yours? The pack You're is like, fine. I don't... Okay, he's, he's trying to go through brush. He's got this giant old thing on his back. Yeah. You got any contraption to shrink that down, or maybe you can just carry it? Um, You're knocking um, branches as you walk. Um, <laughs> he'll, uh, there's a long slit that's have some uh some sort of bone hooks through loops keeping it shut he'll kind of pull it open and he pulls out this fabric and it seems to be attached inside and he puts it over it that's kind of like a weird like treated soft leather mm-hmm. rain cover got a pack cover yep well that's better okay and you take off there and you're able to kind of now that uh spoon has the right idea you're able to kind of sneak from tree to tree to tree and there are um folks on the road down there um not too many to begin with, but more and more as you go along. This seems to be somewhat traveled uh, territory, but but still, again, pretty sparse. And 
Um, actually, everybody roll for me either perception or investigation. Come on, dice. Ooh, better. Oh, yeah. 17. 16. Oh, my God. 16. My so horrible right now. 24. Six. For investigation. Okay. So, yeah, truck truck has a little... Um, I'm making sure it's, it's kind of examining still more still. more things are going on. Yeah, probably a little truck truck's probably a little uh, taken trying to keep uh, spoon from the from uh, blundering into uh, view again. But the rest of you that aren't so uh, focused, you guys kind of notice that like some of the farmsteads and so forth below on the edge of the mare are kind of in ruinous shape. You know, they're off and way in the distance, but you can't help but notice that you know they you know there are like half the barn has fallen down or that one there, it seems like somebody blew it up entirely. Um, so yeah, there's some odd things that have been going on here, but then as the day goes on, you, you know, get a little more into settled lands and you actually do see some cultivated fields and you end up the day at the, uh, one of the tributaries that, you know, goes down into the cataract of Fluvius, the, the river that extends from waterfall city. And uh, that's kind of where you have to stop to n- at that that night, and it kind of makes a good space because you you have a nice water source and so forth. And uh, as you settle down and uh, get ready for the adventures that tomorrow is going to bring, that's where we're going to stop today. Okay, well, uh, big props to Drew for coming up with a rather original character. He um, broached the possibility of doing the artificer, which is kind of fun. But boy, did he pour a lot of attention to this. You know, gave it a whole bunch of little gadgets and gadgets and fun things to pull out. Um, Can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next episode there. He's probably got a few more of those things up his sleeve, uh, literally maybe in this case. But anyways... The kittens have become uh, reunited with one of their friends, although their friend Snow was still missing. And they are well on their way to Civitas Cataracta. And we seem to be having a bit of a book revolt. So we'll see how Sunset handles that. It's going to be an interesting next uh, day to get to Civitas Cataracta. So what's going to happen then? We'll just have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, let us know what you think. Subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past and Relic of the Past Podcast on your social media feeds. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.